0: Hey guys, it's your host, Seth Goldstein, with Juicy Divas, Confessions of a Limo Driver. And I have a very juicy, important announcement. Ever wonder how cool and refreshing it would be to hear your own voice on iTunes? Your podcast made at a touch of a button. If you haven't heard about Anchor, you are totally missing out. It's the most easiest way to make a podcast super practical. And best part of all, it's free. It even has creation tools that allows you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone on the go or a computer in the comfort of your own home, guys. What's even better, Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so you can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can make money for your podcast with minimum listenership. It's really that easy. Everything you need to make a podcast in one place. What are you waiting for? Download your free Anchor app or simply go to anchor.fm to get started. Until next time, thank you. Goodbye. Hey, gang. Welcome to yet another wonderful Juicy Diva's Confessions of a Limo Driver. Today's show is one for the books, as they say, where yours truly, Jim Francis and Seth Goldstein, bring you a wonderful, wonderful episode. The guy I'm about to introduce needs no introduction. My man, this guy is amazing, brother from another mother. If you, I think about him, when I think about him, I think about a John Walsh. He's a hero. He was a hero turned produ- a hero, a uh, law enforcement officer turned producer. And let me tell you, he's a magnificent human being, my friends. Why don't we just welcome him, the one and only, incomparable. Mr.
1: Pete Carrillo. <laughs> wow, brother, thank you for that introduction. Holy smoke. I was waiting for you to introduce somebody else. I wasn't sure who you were talking about, so thank you very much for that.
0: <laughs> uh, you're like, wait a second, I see <laughs> am I on the right podcast? <laughs> you're um, you're absolutely exactly where you need to be. and you know what? I'm totally thrilled to have you on. Uh, Not only are we good friends, you know, but um, I followed you for a long time in in your work and um, it's it's amazing. It's insane to think all the stuff you've done and where you are now. Um, And first and foremost, I want to congratulate you on your Emmy nomination for Journey to Justice web series on YouTube.
1: Thank you so much, brother. I appreciate that. And you're part of that. I share that nomination with you, brother. You're an amazing actor and you helped me with several of my reenactments and some of the crime cases we've featured. And I'm totally indebted to you and grateful to you as well. So thank you for that
0: sure i had a yeah the you know what the small sliver i had i have to tell you uh um it was fantastic i i do to get in a heartbeat um especially because we did a particularly uh, um you know this 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 particular episode uh pointing from the grave um the you why don't we just talk about it a little bit let's delve right in um uh it's, it's, it's this lady helena Alina um, uh, Greenwood, who had passed away, right? And we did the reenactment of what happened. Tell us a little bit about the story.
1: Yes, yeah, so just for your audience, uh, for their own edification, uh, I, I'm a former homicide detective. And when I in San Diego County, I saw these amazing stories that just needed to be told. And this particular case is one of those, I, I'm so grateful that the detectives and the district attorney cooperated and you were able to help me put this together. Uh, Helena Greenwood was an amazing doctor. She was uh, on the cusp of this new breaking technology called DNA back in the 80s. And essentially, her work, uh, ironically, was ultimately what helped solve her own murder. To make a wow. long story short, you know, you're currently talking to me, and I'm up here in the Bay Area. And this is where uh, she was initially sexually assaulted and wow, lived up and r- here. irony. No. yes and she ends up coming down to the san diego area in the del mar area really nice area and uh, settling in she has to testify in the sexual assault case and the defendant or the uh, criminal in that case was uh, bound over for trial he's out on bond and then she ends up dead in the front of her home in del mar and to make a long story short you had some cold case detectives that did some amazing work many years later, like 14 years later, put the case together, and they were able to link the suspect to the murder with the DNA found underneath her fingernails after all those years. And so, Hold there's where the count. yes, and that's where the name "pointing from the grave" comes from. It's just ironic that the very science that she was uh, helping with DNA led to the, her her own case, case being solved. Yeah. yes
0: unbelievable surreal brothers surreal and and i believe that was like a kind of a heavenly intervention if you will um absolutely and 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 it's 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 crazy and yeah i just wanted to to thank thank in passing um the guys that helped me reenact these scenes uh paul justin ken and and your and Luis who yes. were you know yes. instrumental in putting this together reenactment that is and to sort of paint the picture what it happened i mean it, it pales in comparison to i'm sure what really took place that day um that morning obviously but i I'm, yes. I'm happy on yes. the one end that at least it got solved and um absolutely, yeah, so, absolutely. so speaking of your detective work um i know that you know, while while being, you know, a, a detective out in the San Diego area, you had to reach for your gun at one point and actually fire a suspect who had essentially robbed the Pizza Hut while wearing the uniform. Can you explain how that went?
1: <laughs> yeah, so it's kind of a crazy story. Uh, while I was a rookie in patrol uh, wearing a uniform, uh, a suspect came into a Pizza Hut late at night in San Diego County and basically forced 11 employees at gunpoint into a freezer. Ironically, he took one of the young teenagers out of the freezer and stole his uniform from him. And by the time he came walking out the front door, uh, he waited for the safe to open, came out the door holding a pizza in his hand. We were set up outside. And we told him, you know, sheriff's department stop. And at that point he ran and we realized he was not an employee. (laughs) He tossed the pizza (laughs) and ran over several fences into the middle of the night. Unfortunately for him, you know, he turned and confronted me and tried to draw the firearm that he was holding, and I had to use deadly. And uh, so it's one of those things that we we don't we never look forward to doing. It's something that we have to do to defend ourselves. In this particular case, uh, I had to fire on him, and uh, he subsequently uh, was arrested. He survived after two and a half uh, weeks in critical condition. He scraped a note to the deputy watching him, and he said, thank the deputy for not killing me so uh, that's something i'll I'll always remember ironically sure. six years later he sued me in federal court for civil rights violations <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's the way things go but he's ultimately uh-huh. uh serving life in prison right now and uh you know i thank the good lord for protecting me through those times in my career amen
0: yes, yes. absolutely and and so on that same note um you know what, what is what what I just want to know like what is the thought process dude? you're firing a gun for the very uh, first time? Um, there's fear, you know rushing through your there's a rush going through your body. There's like a fight-or-flight mode that's happening I mean, can you kind of walk us through like how were you even thinking like what what's the thought process because there's just a lot going on? Well, there's,
1: a interesting there's an interesting dynamic that takes dynamic. over uh, frankly uh, that's why they ingrain in us training and so uh, I don't even recall drawing my firearm. The response was so quick, and your your training takes over. And so essentially, once I saw the threat, I focused solely on that. Literally, the hearing goes away. Your eyesight becomes very attuned. You literally right. uh, focus on the threat, and I laser it, focused. Yeah, yeah, and I actually shot him in his gun hand. So that shows you how wow. focused I was on on. Uh, on that particular situation. But interestingly enough, uh, it wasn't until days later that I actually smelled the gun smoke and uh, you know my ears were having issues and, and things like that. So you, you can understand that the body does stuff to protect us in, in very dangerous situations. And it was surreal, brother. It was almost like a dream. Uh, I remember uh, my partners coming to talk to me right after it happened. And the whole cavalry came to help me handcuffed the guy and something I want to share with your listeners is that you know we're cops yeah first and foremost and we do our duty but as a human being I actually had compassion on this guy believe it or not and I was raised by my father who was a law enforcement officer who later became a minister and I I believe the guy was yes and I thank you he just recently passed so thank you for that and you know I remember looking down at this guy said look you're going to go to hell for what you've done I really believed he was going to die because he was shot multiple times and he was complaining he couldn't breathe and i told him you need to repent right now <laughs> and he didn't want you to were, hear me <laughs> you're you're sharing the gospel
0: <laughs> this is yes, great. yes sharing the gospel for someone wow what a what you're a kind-hearted yes. uh a uh, yes. human being man and and you know god just instilled that in you and and saved his life also
1: wow yeah yeah, yeah. as a matter of fact i called for the paramedics and you know, with all the controversy going on out of Minneapolis and over this nation against policing, people need to realize that most cops get up and their first goal of the day is not to try and shoot somebody. You know, we're actually no. there to help people and save lives. And, and interestingly right. enough, as a side note, the young uh, teenager who had his uniform stolen from him, he was so encouraged by what happened that night, he fired to become a deputy sheriff, and he did become a deputy sheriff, and now we're friends. So you
0: met the guy? You met this kid uh, years later now as a sworn-in officer.
1: Yes, yes. And we we became friends. Of course, we're brothers now. We hug and we're family. And uh, (laughs) we we were always linked to that in 1993 and that shooting.
0: Amazeballs, yeah. Yeah. that that is that is that is by far uh one of the great great stories i'm i'm glad something good came out of it uh i'm yes. truly uh, grateful that um you know you're able to share this with our listeners um because you know a lot of people tend to have this one uh kind of skewed vision way of looking at things and um you know what the law enforcement it was out of Great. You guys, there's a lot of great, great guys out there, men in blue and women as well in uniform, yes. doing their job. And and you know, their their intent is not like you just finished saying i reiterate, um, your in, their intent is not to kill anyone and, and take lives. Um, and that's it. It's 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 a real tough tough uh uh business to get into. But now let's switch yeah. a little, let's switch gears a little. So now you become a you become a producer, but you had gone to college. You went to film school. Yes. Can you explain that to us, please?
1: Yes. I got to give props to uh, Southwestern College. Not only did I attend the academy there in San Diego uh, with the sheriff's department, but I also studied telecommunications and video production, editing, et cetera, et cetera. And even, even drama, Bill Virtus. I love the man. He's an amazing acting coach. And so I did That's that right. part of my background and I was able to marry the two backgrounds together. When I joined law enforcement, I started doing what's called Crime Stoppers and doing reenactments for television. And so we would right. feature local crimes and basically ask people to call with tips on murders, etc. So those two yes. particular things uh, basically became my life. And uh, I ended up going to homicide later. I was inspired to become a homicide detective. And I vowed that one day when I retire, I was going to go into producing and, uh, and that's what I'm doing now with Journey to Justice. Yeah, th- you know, and it's it's impressive
0: because now you bring all those years and you come full circle, if you will, because you're able now to to um, with the interrogation room. You've you've had some great interviews. I mean, you've inter- you've interviewed quite a bit of people, and um, you have also uh, cracked. I mean, as a result of your shows and through your shows, you know, you're able to to bring to light some of the unsolved um uh, cases as well right some unsolved
1: right so we we're featuring mostly solved at this point but uh ultimately uh when, when i found even when i was at Crime Stoppers, you could feature a particular case and ask people for information with regard to a, a particular homicide and ironically it's not always that information that comes in it's uh, other cases that tend to be solved so at this point we i've had several detectives Approached me and asked me to also feature some of their unsolved cases too. So we're looking at That's that fantastic. right now. Yeah.
0: That's that is brilliant. I think that this is why you remind me, and I've told you, you sort of remind me uh, of, a, of a John Walsh, if you will. You know, um, and uh, in it, its in its uh, it is, is that crazy, the Latino version? Is
1: that, that
0: yeah? You're you're the Chicano version of John Walsh.
1: <laughs> and and thank you, brother. You're, Listen, you're I, the, I you know what? Huh? Something Go i got to tell you is that I absolutely admire John Walsh. Uh, while I was with the Sheriff's Department, I was doing a segment called San Diego's Most Wanted. I got to meet John Walsh in person. No way! Yeah, he, he's an amazing man. He absolutely is everything you'd think he'd be. Super humble, down to earth. And he said, sure, Pete, I'll help you feature uh, you know, promos for San Diego's Most Wanted. So there we are amazing. in Balboa Park, San Diego. And we did promos together for Fox 6 News at the time in San Diego for San Diego's Most Wanted. He was that gracious enough. And so we would feature crimes in San Diego directly following uh, America's Most Wanted on, on the Fox network.
0: Wow, that's a kick-ass story. I, it's funny how, how everything we talk about, you kind of have a story with almost anything and everything I'm about to talk about, the irony. Um, I'm sorry.
1: I, I, I have too many stories. That's what I do. though. I'm a story yeah, that's teller. great.
0: But I love that. <laughs> I love that. You know, I love that. That anytime I sit with you, it's really more of a 2-hour conversation versus a 45 minute to a 50 minutes. But I, you know, it been it been this has been in the works for a long time and try to get you get you on but with your busy schedule, I'm I'm glad we made it happen today and here we are. Thank um you,
1: brother, I, so, I appreciate it. It's an honor to be on your show, bro.
0: Totally totally uh, stoked to have you on. Um you know, so let's talk about Let's talk a little bit about uh, so you you met. There's a there's a character by the name of Mr. Raymundo who was an ex a uh, part of a, a gang member, part of the MA who who for a while was he showcased some of his um, uh, uh, chronicles. It was called Mundo's Chronicles, and 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 some of it was featured on your on your channel. How did you guys both meet? Kind of on opposite sides of the spectrum, if you will.
1: <laughs> Absolutely. Yes. Well, we, I was introduced to uh, Mr. Mundo through a, a mutual acquaintance in law enforcement. As some people may not know that Mundo is, now works for law enforcement. He's a uh, a reformed uh, a Christian now who basically uh, left the life of gang, the gang world, prison gang world with the Mexican mafia. Nice. You know, he basically made a deal with... Even though he was facing charges on multiple murders, he was able to testify and help the government uh, convict several people. So just so you know, people, well, why is this cop sitting down with the next convict Well, <laughs> that's kind of the background there. But, yeah, Mundo yeah. did uh, feature some of his chronicles on my channel for a short time. Uh, he now yeah. has his own channel called Emmy Chronicles. You could find it on YouTube. And for those people that are interested, uh, he has quite a following. He has quite yeah. a following. and He has a very interesting story. Very interesting story. Um and uh, it's an
0: amazing yeah, story, man.
1: Yeah. yeah. Uh, my friend, wow. Pete Bollinger, who's a retired cop, also turned producer, produced a movie called Mundo. You can see that on Amazon. So it's, it's a okay. fascinating story. And and Mundo was gracious enough to agree to sit down with me for several interviews in the interrogation room. So I'm not sure if you're going to ask me more about that, but.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I was, I was going to ask you about the interrogation room. Tell us a little bit more of what the interrogation was. One of the segments from uh, a lot of different segments you have from within within the Journey to Justice series, tell us a little yeah. bit about that.
1: Yeah, so I, the idea occurred to me, especially during COVID. It's very difficult to meet people. I did I did some of them on Zoom. So uh, obviously, I prefer to interview people in person. But uh, one of the things that occurred to me with Mundo is that you know we come from opposite uh, sides of life. You know, obviously, he was in the world. I was in the law enforcement world. And I asked him, I said, well, what if would you be willing to sit down with me uh, in person to do a a no hold bar interview uh, uh, just to ask you about your crimes and stuff? And he actually agreed, except he didn't want to come on camera. (laughs) So we had (laughs) to find a happy medium. And because of his current situation, he didn't want to show his face. And that's understandable. So I was able to convince him to wear a mask. And uh, he did. He came on the show and he actually took me uh, to one of his original the first crime scene where his first murder was in uh, v which is uh, uh, obviously uh, in Los uh, Bar- Angeles yeah
0: yeah on Bar- 8th Street 8th Street and Lorena vario Nuevo Estrada courts I believe
1: absolutely yeah. so we were able to mm-hmm. go there and obviously we had some bodyguards and things <laughs> things like that but uh, we were able to go there and he was able to tell me a story which led an actual episode called machete mayhem which has a lot of views and people seem very interested in that particular case. And uh, I know you mentioned this earlier um, with the nominations for for the Emmys. We actually were nominated for three different Emmys. And one of them was for Machete Mayhem. And the other one awesome. was for um, an interview I did with uh, retired uh, DEA agent Hector Vareas. Let's talk about Hector a little bit. Yes. Hector, He's he's quite the guy, huh? Absolutely. If, if your listeners haven't seen uh, Amazon's uh, portrayal of his story, it's an incredible four-part episode produced by Tiller Russell, Eli Hoseman, and it's called The Last Narc. I was blown away by watching it, uh, the four-part episodes. I watched it twice already, and uh, I ordered Hector's book, and I was provided a copy, actually. I read it, and, and I was literally move to tears i would recommend all of you read the last narc i had to have hector on my show you know the show's obviously the channel's called journey to justice if there ever was a man who put his entire career on the line to find justice for a murder dea agent it's hector boreas wow amazing i'm gonna i'm gonna look
0: it up this is good stuff the last narc
1: yes on amazon prime yes and it helps to be bilingual too i mean there's subtitles but i mean hector was able to produce with tiller this amazing documentary uh, they were able to interview these witnesses that were actually present during the time that kiki camarena was uh, not only abducted uh, tortured interrogated and then ultimately murdered and so you'll get to see if you haven't firsthand interviews with the with the uh, men that were in the room
0: Wow, sobering, buddy. <laughs> wow, yes. it's crazy. Now, now, this, this gentleman is also, is he featured in Narcos? The, the Remember Narcos, that series that was going on on
1: Netflix for a while? Yes, interestingly enough, he was approached uh, by the producer at the time who's since left Narcos to participate uh, in the uh, series. And when Hector found out what the uh, subject matter was and how he believed they were not telling the story accurately... As to how things really happened. I'll give you a case in point, and Hector and I talk about this. I, I have three episodes on my channel, Journey to Justice, where you can watch my interview with Hector. He actually says, you know, that uh, Kiki was never a farm worker, po- never posed as a farm worker to and infiltrate, uh, you know, the drug lords and try to figure out what happened in Buffalo. He wasn't even. But you see, oh, uh, wow. unfortunately, Hollywood has taken that story and said well let's let's put him in people will believe that whatever reason they took creative license and things were not accurate to the point where Hector said I'm not going to participate in this because it's not an accurate portrayal and he walked away from the table literally
0: I didn't know that. That's that's crazy. We're we we're, we're hearing like obviously some great information coming from the great Pete Carrillo. Um, <laughs> This is this is awesome. I mean, we'll have to probably most likely invite him on the show to Absolutely. talk to him about this and I, others I and promote him in this film. I got to tell you, yeah?
1: Hector Hector would be more than happy to talk to you. He's he's an amazing gentleman now that I can truly call my friend. I, you know, he has my back, and uh, we share so much in common. Uh, like many officers that have fought the good fight for over the years. And, you know, just something that people may not know is uh, when you stick to justice and you stick to the truth, there's a price to pay. And and yeah. sometimes it costs you your career. So Holy in this particular no, case, no. it cost Hector his career. And uh, he, even his life was threatened because he came out with the truth. And you'll see in The Last NARC, I mean, I don't want to give it away for yeah. those of your listeners who haven't seen yeah. The Last arc, but I would encourage I have, you to watch I, it.
0: I'm guilty of not watching it yet, but I'm in the process now. I just wrote it down. And what I tend to do is I I usually delve right in, man. I I have all these, thankfully, all these apps up and ready to go. It's just a matter of sitting down, get home late at night, and then um, unwind and and watch something. And I think this is. This definitely bears, you know, for us to pay attention and just just look at this because it, it'll it'll shine the right truth, you know, um, on on the subject matter versus a lot of the stuff that gets um doctored and you know, yes, and, and one you know whatnot,
1: yeah. And if you don't um, mind, if I can that, do a quick yeah. plug, uh, yeah, I I'm working currently on producing uh, with some partners in production. Uh, i was gonna ask you about that later (laughs) oh sorry okay i'm jumping (laughs) again my apologies
0: no problem you're you're leapfrogging this whole show no no no. (laughs) i want you to talk about this hey we're 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 brothers so it doesn't matter and sometimes i i i really love that that about you because you're proactive (laughs) take initiative let me let me just jump on so what is this you're working on now again this is a new project we're working
1: working on on developing a podcast right now for for Hector Boreas and and his because he aside from the last narc and the investigation into the abduction and murder of Kiki Camarena Hector has some amazing stories you know he dealt firsthand with a serial killer at the Texas border I mean he he infiltrated a police department and was able to uh, take into custody a captain of a sheriff's department I should say in Texas wow. who was deep high levels of, of cocaine and stuff I mean the, the stories go on and on and when you read his book you're going to be okay. fascinated like I did. Again, I told you I was moved to tears. There's a certain okay. portion of the book that, where he lost his What's the name of the son. book? It's called The Last Snark, also. And it's okay, even the last more in-depth. Okay. Yeah, it's more in-depth than the actual series. And uh, so I'm just proud of the fact that we're looking at developing a podcast right now with Hector so people can learn more and more about his life.
0: Sure. Yeah, absolutely, man. Um, I am captivated and can hardly wait and then when that happens you let me know I'll keep plugging that in and, and, and um, into the show and and Promoting you know, that's really the name Thank of the game you. my Thank show you. my show is is really um, it umbrellas all that we want to just Sorta to catapult all the, the talent that's out there that needs to be told stories that need to be told and 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 by by you know uh make it interpersonal and and yeah that's what we're all about in today's uh, day and age it's it's great because we have these modes of um communications where we can uh help one another and promote yes. each other and 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 you know kind of that sort of thing and Absolutely. i'm glad i'm Absolutely. glad man you, you you're so gracious in coming on on the show um i do i do want to pause to, to uh, uh because we do have a sponsor uh we have a sponsor today um we have a fearless uh for for those who who fight uh, mental have mental health issues and whatnot i know last month was mental health uh issues awareness month uh, we wanted to uh, uh, bring up this great book by my good friend Ashana Baca. it's called fearless and through this book boy 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 oh boy you, get, you gotta pick up this book it's gotta be in everybody's library you you'll go uh, through, you know, live vicariously through her eyes. You're going to get to see how she dealt with conventional medicine and unconventional and how she was able to fight through those demons. And so, yeah, it's called Fearless. Pick it up. Amazon. Um, you know, you have Kindle. You can get it there if you pay a monthly fee. I'm sure you can get it for free. Um, yeah, but let's, we're talking to the great Pete Carrillo. Holy cow. So it sounds like you're you're, you're out there and having a great time out in the Bay Area. Um, and home is San Diego for you, right? Or close to San Diego, Chula Vista? Right,
1: right, right.
0: Um, and so, and so, uh, um, uh, it's. Did you fly? It's, did you
1: fly out there? And or um, did you? Uh... Well, I have to. I have to keep certain things under under wraps, under wraps only because absolutely. of uh, the situation and the type of subject right. matter that I deal with. OK, so maybe we can skip the part about where I live, if you don't mind. But, but the, I, the bottom line, is I did that, say yes.
0: I did say Chula Vista. <laughs> no, um, it's all, good. It's all I, good. I'm all kidding. No, I know you're now in Hollywood, but um, I know that's where you started originally from San Diego, Chula Vista, which is why I made a, a mention of that. No, but yeah. I know you're in, in yeah. Hollywood and, and, and now and, and also let's talk about. Speaking of which, let's go into Warner Brothers. You were, uh, what was your role in, in Warner Brothers? I know you were working in Warner Brothers some time ago. You were overseeing, um, you know, the day in, day out of, of the, the police force there and everything within Warner Brothers. It's like a little cosmos
1: within the big cosmos, yes? Yes, it was actually an interesting opportunity that came about after retirement. Uh, obviously working in Hollywood and getting to know some people. Uh, I was given information with regard to an opening there. And so I was able to uh, work in their security department, which was amazing. It is like a little city the way it's run. Uh, I mean, just and then being placed as a watch commander was just an honor. Uh, Tim Christ, I, I can't say enough. He was a great security director. Rick Warmack, the VP. I mean, these people were great to me. And basically, they gave me an opportunity to oversee the entire lot. And and wow. all the basic that Warner Brother has as far as Security in the fire department, and it was just an awesome responsibility. And I got to meet a lot of great people in the industry, and of course, uh, we're talking about producers, directors, things like that. And then, of course, talent. It was kind of fun to meet talent too.
0: Yeah, because tell us, give us some crazy stories or anything like wild. Like you're, you know, I I I met like for example, give you a quick example. I met Joe. Um, Ah, uh, Joe Jackson many years ago when I used to work the red carpets for American Music Awards and such. I met him at and in a urina where like, you know, it's just really awkward. And he looks over at my my face upset and, and it's like, whoa, oh, how you doing Joe Jackson? It's kind of <laughs> one of those very awkward situations. But no, but I know you run into everybody and every you know everyone at Warner Brothers P Lock, because yes. I've been there for yes. some of the tapings. Yes. And what was
1: it like? Did you ever get to meet the cast of friends? You know what? Uh, it's interesting because every day we would have people come from all over the world to try and see the cast of Friends. And interestingly enough, uh, their their soundstage had been shut down because they weren't filming anymore. But people are seeing reruns all over the world, and they thought, "Oh, I'm just gonna go see the cast," <laughs> and and they were and they weren't there. So, but interestingly enough, after I left, they've since union. So I said, "Okay, I, I just missed them," but uh, it was fun. I used to hang out at the. Uh, the real location of the Friends Fountain. A lot of people think that was in that's in New York, but it's actually on one of the lots yeah. there. And so it's, it's a lot of fun. <laughs> exactly. But I, I have a I have an interesting story. A, a very famous actor and I met uh, through you know without giving details. There was a a little right. traffic collision on the lot, and uh, I couldn't say how. I, I can say this: this gentleman was so gracious. Uh, Jay was the nicest awesome. man in the world. Wow. Um you know, I watched his series on online streaming. Uh very interesting. The name is escaping me right now, but people who are Jason Bateman fans will know. He oh yeah, Jason
0: Bateman. You can't you can't miss the guy.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And he, he was very much down to earth, very, very, very nice to me, shook my hand, couldn't have been more pleasant, was very happy, I believe, with the service I gave to him as far as what I needed to do in that particular situation. But there were there are things like this. Oh, and I gotta tell you one other gentleman who who really uh there are certain people you see and you go, Oh, that's nice. That nice to see them, very nice person. But uh the gentleman from In Living Color, uh David Alan Greer, oh my god, that guy oh, is hilarious.
0: Dude. He's and, funny in real life, huh?
1: Yes, he's funny in real life. Uh and they he, he was there on a particular Christmas special they were filming, and of course he walked right by me, and I'm like, oh my god, that's David Alan Greer in Living Color, you know. I was a rookie in the jail working way back in the day, and all the inmates used to rush to the TV to see him and everybody else in the Living Color cast. Yeah. So, there, so I reached my hand out, and he shakes me. I said, oh, my God, David Allen Greer. Well, this is not me. If you know me, I don't usually do this. But there's some no. people that will do that to me, like Clint Eastwood or something like that, right? Yeah. So I, so I reach out and shake his hand. And he sm- gives me the biggest smile. He reaches up, and he goes, shh, like with his finger over his mouth. It's because he's like, don't make a big deal about me. And I really love that about him, that he was that down to earth, nice guy. So uh, that was my experience with those two particular gentlemen. There are other stories, but I don't want to keep you on the phone forever.
0: Uh, we're, we're, we're we're having a blast right now, man. You know what? It's funny. I have a story. Uh, I have two stories on, on the Warner Brother lot myself. You know, I, obviously, this this podcast of mine is based off my limo chronicles. A lot of people don't realize that I used to be a limo driver, and I drove Elizabeth Taylor, rest or so, <laughs> Very cool. Very and, and, cool. and, and I interviewed quite a bit of people in the car, so <laughs> back then, you can't obviously use a clause on that, and you can't, you know, yeah, red tape. You can't go over there and just say, you know what? I'm going to flip the camera on, let's switch it on and do a show. But a yeah. lot of people yeah. uh, uh, were super, super sweet and gracious enough to like allow me to interview them. And we we obviously have a, 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 a sitting down one-on-one, right? Because literally yes. sitting in the back seat, I'm in the front. Yes. So I got to meet yes. a lot of Awesome people. On one occasion I drove Kaylee Kuko, and I'll tell this story just because we're talking about the Warner Brother studios. Otherwise, I wouldn't mention the story, but it's really funny. I pick up uh Kaylee Kuko right before I think it was the first season of of, of their show, um, with, with Johnny Galecki. What, what was the name yes, of that show? Yes. Um the Big Bang Theory. Big it Bang just theory got yes. the Big Bang Theory. It almost escaped my mind. I was like, "Wow, wait a second? <laughs> anyway, um, so I pick her up and she's extremely hungry, okay? This is like 10 o'clock at night. Um, it's my last run of the day or the last, you know, transfer. Um, and I pick her up and then she's like, she's super sweet. She's like, hi. And at the time, she had another boyfriend. Um, So she kissed him goodbye. gets into the car and she's like, hi, how you doing? And I'm like, good. I present myself. She introduces herself, okay? And then it's like, most people would say, well, that's funny. You know, here's the thing. Here's the funny, here's the kicker. A lot of people say, well, how do they introduce themselves? They're already famous. Like, you should know. And like, no, 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 no. The way it works is these people are super professional and they don't think like the way most fans think. So they're just go to work. Everyone right. works in on a set and they yes. have a name. Yes. They have a life outside of the set. And so yes. they'll introduce themselves. Yes. Hi, I'm Kaylee. And I'm like, oh, please to meet you. You know, and so so-and-so. I'm like, okay, cool. Get in the car, she's hungry. She hadn't eaten anything on the on the plane. She said, She goes, Man, alive, maybe we ought to stop somewhere. And you know, the and if anyone's been to LAX or you know, down here in Los Angeles, they know that LAX is crazy. You know, any airport, international airport is nuts, right? For starters, right, right. they have in and out, add to that, in and out right outside, and it's it's bananas. There's like 150,000 people waiting to get served. She goes, You know what? Let's just skip the lines. And I says, You know what? I just went to Whole Foods. I happened to go to Whole Foods to get these – they had these great salads that I like to pick up there when I was working uh, as a driver. And I said, you know what? I got this um, – not the salad, but I bought these blue chips that were really good. And I said, I just cracked this open. And, you know, you're welcome You're you know, welcome to to help yourself to some or whatever. She says, oh, the, the, why that's so nice of you. Sure, I'll take some. And we start <laughs> talking about her family being firefighters, her brother and her dad very cool yeah so cool. so yeah it's pretty awesome right so yeah uh, um yes. we're, we're talking back and forth and then she tells me oh oh my god this is great oh my god i'm so sorry i ate the entire bag of chips <laughs> so I'm get this. I drop her off. I'm trying to make it as short as possible. It's so hard because I'm so long-winded. Drop her off in, in in you know, in whatever. I don't want to give away the the name anymore of the of the cities. Um, um, because the last time somebody stalked her. No, 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 she doesn't live there anymore. <laughs> okay. So I dropped her off. I dropped her off by the beach and then she gets off. She gives me the biggest hug and she goes, Look, my birthday was a week ago, uh, last weekend, and I was out in New York. Um, you're you're able to have whatever's in this envelope. You guys, I opened up the envelope. When she was gone, truth truth be told, it was $150 inside the little envelope.
1: Wow, what a nice Yeah, is it the
0: tip? Pressure. What an amazing tip. And so fast forward uh, a few years later, the show is doing super good. It's like on top of the charts. And then I see her coming out of the show. And I go, oh, my God, because I had seen another. No, I went to go see another show. I see her. I say, hi, Kaylee. You remember me? I'm the guy with the blue chip. She goes, sure. She gives me the biggest hug. And then there's John Galecki. And back then I had a bit of a, of a vice this was you know cigarette vice. So him and I shared a cigarette.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Very cool. Very that's cool a great story. story.
0: Yeah. Um anyway, uh yeah, that was that's that's one of the two, but the other one we don't have time for. Um let's let's find out, okay. By the way, let's let's uh how do we follow Pete Carillo? Um what are your 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 social media handles and then also to your two YouTube, and then we'll mention the other stuff that we talked about uh with regards to the last narc and
1: stuff, okay? Sure. You could follow me at uh, Journey to Justice uh, TV on uh, social media. You can just Google Detective Pete Carrillo as well. And you'll find uh, my uh, YouTube channel under Journey to Justice as well. Even on uh, in uh, Instagram as well as Facebook, Journey to Justice. And so those are my public. You can kind of follow me and, and what the latest is there. And you'll see uh, all the episodes that we talked about and more there on, on YouTube.
0: Yeah, there's a lot I'm, I'm curious about the inner the inter, in uh, what's it called um uh uh when you uh the interrogation called, room. yeah, interrogation room. Sorry. Uh I'm 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 just blanking out. The interrogation room. I want I want to look into that and I want to uh see that that interview with it with Mr. Hector, right? Hector?
1: Yes, absolutely. There's three episodes with Hector Boreas The one that we okay. were nominated for an Emmy for is uh Basically, uh, it's called the CIA, uh, DEA Agent Exposes Huge CIA Cover-Up. And so that was also, uh, uh, the Emmy nomination was for that as well. So I would hope people would at least tune into that particular episode. Uh, You know, Hector's putting his life on the line to come out and tell this truth. And I think people, you know, when people do that in life, you have to respect them. And and you got to at least just give them a listen. And for those people who are readers and love reading books, you you will not go wrong by ordering and reading this book. You can get it on Amazon. Uh, it, it is called The Last Narc. I, again, I'll I'll say it again. I was, uh, you know, Paul Kashiri did a, a a great job helping Hector, and Hector is an amazing storyteller. So listen, I, I just want to encourage all your your listeners to to get that book.
0: Yeah, for sure. We are um we're definitely gonna do it. Uh, I'm myself. am gonna pick it up. Um, I you know I I don't do so much reading these days, but I'm gonna definitely uh, make an attempt to read. I think it's my ADHD or something. It gets in the way. <laughs> um, yeah, it's okay. I I'll know just... there's a
1: talks for audiobook and also yeah. they're,
0: they're okay. translated
1: into Espanol, so for people that speak Spanish, uh, that's for coming. Yeah.
0: All right, that's fantastic. Now, real quickly, Pete, um, I wanted to to ask you: of all the cases you worked on, this is a tough one, but one is one of maybe a couple I'm sure really stand out. What what has been one of the most impactful ones that you still remember that haunts you, or in in a way where you know, like, wow, that was crazy.
1: Well, there was one particular case, and, and I promised to give you Reader's Digest. It'll stay with me for the rest of my life. Um, there was a particular situation when I was working child abuse, and a young girl had been uh, obviously molested since the age of 8 to 13. So for five years of her life, her stepfather was molesting her, and then he fled to Mexico. And uh, I promised this young girl that I would do everything in my power to try and arrest this man. And as you know, we don't have jurisdiction in in Mexico. I was able to go down with some great deputy sheriffs and and with some Mexican authorities. I was able to track this guy down in Tijuana, and I basically told him that uh, I had enough evidence uh, on him. And I asked him a simple question. I said, do you want to do your—I don't have any authority to arrest you here. Do you want to do your time in a Mexican prison, or would you prefer to do it in a U.S. prison? And believe it or not, he said he looked at me after giving me a confession and he said, uh, I would rather do my time in a U.S. prison. And I said, OK, then meet me at the border in a half an hour. And he wow. looked at me like he asked me, like, looked at me like, are you serious? And I said, I'll be there waiting for you. So I left and uh, I didn't you know, I have no authority to arrest him or anything. I drove over to the U.S. border there in San Diego. The customs agents at the gate and they go, what are you doing in Mexico? I said, it's a long story, but I'm trying to take somebody into custody on the U.S. side. They said, "Okay, you can stand right here behind us. And 30 minutes later, here he comes walking up and I see him walking towards me and I wave and he waves back at me and he crossed the international border on his own, not forced. And uh, I took him into custody and now he's serving life in prison. And I can tell you this. I was able to go to this humble girl's house and her mother, and they were both uh, originally from Mexico, and they wept when I told them that I took them into custody. They couldn't believe it. And they, wow. Congratulations, they wanted had to. Do, my thank you, brother. I, I wanted to tell you wow. something that blew me away is they wanted to give me a gift, and I explained to them I can't accept gifts. I can't accept gifts because that's part of the job. We don't accept gifts. Just. It's right. okay. You'll need to go to court now. She went out to her tree in her front yard, and she picked a bag of oranges and she gave them to me because oh, wow. that's because that's all wow. she had. So I'll never forget oh that, brother. God. And I, yeah. I, I am not going to lie. I did accept that bag of oranges, and they were the best oranges <laughs> I ever ate. So you know that that's of the story well, sticks with me. <laughs>
0: fresh squeezed Ooh, yes. <laughs> <Heck> yeah <laughs> hey Absolutely. um i what a what a tremendous story what an amazing amazing uh finale to to uh to uh to one of these stories and and the fact that i'm sure he didn't want to he didn't want to be in in mexico's uh hands and, and being in those jails are, are are probably he may not have uh you know, most likely he wouldn't have eaten and who knows, probably his days would have been shortened, um, by, by a long shot. Um, I am super grateful and stoked. Totally, totally, totally happy to have you on the show. Um, thank you, Pete. Once again, guys, ladies and gentlemen, Pete Carrillo, thank you for coming on, for accepting this. This means the world to me. And, uh, yeah, we'll be, uh, definitely talking shortly.
1: Jim, uh, thank you so much. Uh, thank you and to all your audience for taking the time to listen to us, and I just want to let everybody know that I appreciate you, and please tell everybody else uh, out there that you know about Jim's uh, podcast, Limo Con- Driver. Did I get that right?
0: <laughs> yes, Juicy Divas, Confessions of a Limo Driver. Now, I'll explain real quick why Juicy Divas. Juicy <laughs> Divas, because the Divas was the name of the company. Divas ah. is the name of the company, and all Divas have juicy information, so that's kind of hence the name Juicy Divas. Some uh, guy goes, dude, it sounds it sounds crazy. It's like like you got girls or what? Like this it sounds <laughs> wicked, man. No, it's not what you think. You're going down a whole other tube, all down a different burrow. No, no, no. Is is? is let me explain and clarify that. Yeah, but but uh, uh, once again, um, uh, you've been uh, you know as always, you're you're amazing, and it's great to have you on, and it's what a treat. Uh, thank- thanks thank again. And until next time. Thank you for listening to Juicy Diva's Confessions of a Limo Driver. Goodbye. (laughs)